Hello and welcome to Only in Illinois, your weekly recap from Reboot Illinois. I'm Madeline Dubeck here with Matt Dietrich. And wow, what a crazy end of session we had with some pretty surprising moves from just about everybody and even a few mistakes, right Matt? Yeah, and the, the mistakes actually started a week before the end of session when uh, Governor Rauner was very strongly against any kind of a, what he called a band-aid solution to the budget. He wanted a, a, a full year's budget, probably a full two years budget, and uh, came out very strongly against that. And then lo and behold, on Monday, Memorial Day, we uh, get a memo that was leaked to the press and went around in which the governor's budget director is advocating for that very thing, a band-aid temporary stopgap solution. And he didn't get it, obviously, but um, I think that was kind of um, one of the first big mistakes on his part. It seemed like it was really waving the, the white flag because he said, let's just do a temporary, what, six or seventh month budget with no items from his turnaround agenda. Right. And he was talking about getting through the calendar year. So we had been talking about, you know, would there be a budget before the election? He's talking about now, let's do a, a kind of a stopgap thing that is funded. And uh, in other words, moving funds around from f money that's already there. Um, right. and, and just to kind of limp along until we get to the new year. Um, but he wasn't, so that didn't work out. There was a vote in the Senate on Speaker Madigan, Mike Madigan's seven billion dollar out of balance budget right and uh and was that a mistake on his part matt well that that's where you get into the uh you know we talked about those were the mistakes that the governor made um but then it seemed like there was some dissension between the uh the house democrats and the senate democrats and you had a week earlier speaker madigan had introduced this uh his his own budget uh, in the house he gave the Republicans, you know, less than two hours to look the thing over. It was 500 pages long. It spent $7 billion more than the state was going to bring in next year. But, you know, in the space of one afternoon, it got rammed through the House. It passed with uh, the, the minimum that it needed to pass, 60 votes. And then uh, on Tuesday night, the last night of session, uh, as the clock was counting down, uh, President, Senate President John Cullerton introduces that bill in the Senate and uh, it failed and it failed largely because there's a lot of feeling among uh, Senate Democrats that they're a little tired of Mike Madigan's heavy-handed methods and the way he just sort of runs everything in the General Assembly. So they rejected Madigan's budget and then... Uh, it failed pretty spectacularly, in fact. Yeah. It was. It was that because this was going to be Madigan's way of both sending Rauner a message and also backing him into a corner. If they, if the House and Senate both approved his seven billion dollar out of balance, out of balance budget, uh, and sent it to the governor, then Governor Rauner had two choices. He could either veto the whole thing, in which case he also vetoes K through 12 education funding, which jeopardizes the start of the school year in school districts all around Illinois, or he could then sit down and start negotiating and he could talk about what tax increases are gonna be acceptable to him. So the idea was, uh, you know, twofold. We're gonna back him into a corner or we're gonna force some negotiations here. They ended up getting neither. 
Then President Cullerton uh, presented at, really in, in like the last hour of the, uh, of this, of the session, uh, presents a standalone education bill, but it proposed to put $900 million more into K-12 education. Now, Governor Rauner's originally proposed 2017 budget proposed putting about 120 million more. Republicans in general had talked about wanting to put more money into K-12 education, but they were usually talking around that same area of, of Governor Rauner's, you know, around the 100 million mark. So now Cullerton introduces the standalone education bill, which was a recognition of Governor Rauner's request that they send him a standalone education funding bill. So, okay, Governor, here's your education bill, but it's $900 million more, and $475 million of it was gonna go to Chicago schools. That passed the Senate fairly easily. It then went over to the House, and it was overwhelmingly defeated, and mainly because you have a lot of suburban Republicans in the House who did not, they don't like the idea of Chicago getting the lion's share of this sort of increase. They view it as a bailout, and that's the way it was portrayed. So what we ended up with yeah, I mean, at the end Senate of the Senate Republicans session, think that too. Yeah, right, right. And, right. Uh, and, and a lot of the debate in the Senate was on that very thing, the bailout issue. But then, you know, we hit midnight, and so there was no budget and no education bill. So now you have Governor Rauner, very next morning, he hit the road and uh, he headed south to uh, Vienna, Illinois. He was over in Quincy in Western Illinois, went east to Muhammad. Uh, then uh, he continued the next day. He was up north uh, in the Quad Cities going over to Itasca. Um, and he's really uh, out beating the bushes, trying to get support for a stopgap budget just to get us through the year, but more specifically, he wants a standalone education budget because that's a big deal uh, for all sides involved. Because if schools don't get their money in July, a lot of them can't prepare to open in September on schedule. And if that happens, you're gonna have a whole lot of problems. Right, and so now we have a situation where uh, <clears throat> with about six hours to go in the end of session, um, the governor, stood before the grand staircase there in the Capitol and with you know a couple dozen Republican lawmakers behind him mm -hmm. and pretty much ripped into the Democrats for having failed the state for the last 30 years and now he's hopscotching around the state um, telling people to pressure their lawmakers to vote against the Chicago Democratic machine uh, and push for this school funding bill, and um, and I think that's another huge mistake. I mean, I don't know, you know, you're kind of poisoning the well with the people that you're trying to cut a deal with, as some Democrats have pointed out, but, um, you know, the governor is the governor. He's not just a politician, and he's got to uh, be bringing people together, and and he seems to be dividing and conquering, and you know, we already have too many people who like to split the state up into three different regions. Well, yeah, I, I question the the whole Chicago versus the rest of the state approach uh, that he's taking. And, and uh, you know, there has to be some unity at some point. And I think at this point, too, after, you know, now we're now we're into the second year of a budget standoff 
I think both sides can probably say, okay, we won here, we lost here. Um, maybe it's time to sit down and, and work out some things together. Uh, I've said all along, and I'll say it again, uh, that what has enabled this thing to go on for this long uh, and what will continue to let it go on if they get a stopgap uh, budget that goes through January, you're going to see still, you're going to see six more months of public universities struggling to keep their doors open. You're going to see six more months of social service agencies laying people off, reducing services. Some of them are going to go away forever. That's a long time. We're not talking about just a couple more weeks here. We're talking about now they want to do a six-month stopgap budget. And what's been enabling this all along is the fact that there is a court decision that says it's okay to pay state employees uh, without budget authority. Now, that's, that directly contradicts what's in the state constitution. We had a state Supreme Court decision in March, just three months ago, that said that the lower court decision that allowed employees to be paid without a budget appropriation is not correct. So I think that what would swiftly bring this to an end would be the attorney general going back to court, getting this up through the Supreme Court, and finally getting a decision, it looks like this would be a slam dunk, that no, employee paychecks have to stop. I think if that were to happen, the, the uh, outcry would be so great, you'd see a real government shutdown, and then we'd get something worked out. We don't really have a functioning government right now. We haven't for over a of year. Of course, in order for her to do that, she would have to uh, cause some problems for her father, the speaker. She would be causing some problems for her father, the speaker. She'd be causing problems for the governor. She'd be causing problems for the comptroller who is up for re-election and who is an appointee of the governor. So I don't know that this is, uh, uh, you know, would, would Lisa Madigan necessarily be doing her father a disservice or a favor? Would this be a disservice to the governor or a favor? I think it would be something that would be painful but would be quick because it would be too much pain for them to endure. What we've got now is license to let government limp along and let people get hurt along the way for what we're going to see now is evidently through well, the new year. So she could come off looking like the stateswoman that we've been needing so badly, but um, we pointed out that, that Mike Madigan ended up taking it on the chin a little bit because seven of his members voted against his budget and then the Senate Democrats strongly rejected his budget. Mm -hmm. uh, John Cullerton took it on the chin a little bit in the, as the Senate Democratic president because he allowed that to happen and showed that dissension within his own caucus. The governor and the Republicans gave up on the turnaround agenda at the last minute and looked kind of powerless. So, um, you know, where do we go from here, Matt? And where's the, where's the hope that we can cling to? Because I, for one, think that if there's no money for K through 12 schools, that could be the trigger that gets more people to wake up and pressure their lawmakers to get something done. But you, uh, you thought there might be some other hope out there as well. Well, one thing that I did want to bring up, and uh, I know that we've had really um, more than a year now of just nonstop acrimony and disaster in Illinois government. And it does look like that that's going to continue. There's going to be a lot of fighting going on. But I was struck 
Uh, as the clock counted down on the 2016 spring legislative session in the Senate, um, Senate President John Cullerton brought the session to a close with a traditional, with a, you know, traditional closing speech, and uh, Republican leader Christine Rodonio also said a few words um, before they adjourned. And if you need a reminder that all is not hopeless in Illinois government right now, and that there are good, sincere people working to try to get things back on track, uh, I think these two speeches really can renew your hope. And uh, so we're gonna close out this edition of Only in Illinois with uh, the closing remarks from President Cullerton and Leader Rodonio in the Illinois Senate. Again, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week on the next edition of Only in Illinois. But for now, our, our, I just wanted to say thank you for all your hard work this session. Uh, actually, uh, today started on a very positive note from my perspective because we met with the governor, and we agreed that we were going to start uh, negotiating perhaps uh, some type of an interim agreement, and we'll hope to do that soon and hope with the, the four legislative leaders and the governor. And uh, we will not bring you down here if there's no reason for you to be here, but hopefully we will be able to negotiate something, come back shortly with uh, an a interim agreement that can solve some of the problems we've been confronting for the last year and a half. Everybody did uh, a great job working together uh, this year in the Senate. I'm very proud of that fact and look forward to coming back soon with uh, more good news. Um, I, too, have to tell you how proud I am of the Senate um, this session. Uh, I think generally we're known to be a more collegial body, a more policy-oriented body, and we proved that in the last several hours. We rejected a wildly out-of-balance budget. We um, agreed to pass a standalone school funding bill, albeit I think it needs quite a bit of work, and I think we all agree on that. I think it spends way too much money. But we've also pledged together to work not only for a stopgap budget that will continue to fund critical state services, but also continue all the hard work of the working groups. And that's an effort that really started here in this body um, to continue to try to get the long-term reforms that we all, need, we know, all know we need, as well as pass a truly balanced budget. So I think we should all congratulate ourselves. We have a long ways to go, but we've really done a good job under very difficult circumstances. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>